0: During the season of Lent, we're focusing on the kindness of Jesus. Last week, uh, Norton took us into the passage where, where Jesus said, Come to Me, all you who weary are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And He challenged us not to, not to take the backpack that we think we need, that has everything in it, but to, to step out on faith and say, This is what God has gifted me with. His burden is easy, and this is light, and to travel through life. In the will of God, instead of with our own plans and our own weights and struggles. But sometimes life brings struggles to us and we're afflicted. There's some weight, some burden, some pressure, some problem that comes into our life and and it's just there. And again, Jesus says, Come to me. It's a great uh, passage in uh, Mark chapter 9 where Jesus encourages a man to come to Him. The man comes and he brings his son, he brings all of his afflictions, and he finds healing. The Bible says, When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet Him. What are you arguing with them about? He asked. So, Jesus has come... "...to the other disciples." This is because Jesus and His three best friends, Peter, James, and John, had been on what we call now the Mount of Transfiguration. They'd gone up into this mountain and, and they had seen Jesus in all of His glory. He was transformed before their eyes. They saw prophets from, from ages gone by. And they came down out this literal spiritual high. And they had this great experience and then they come down and they find the other disciples." So Peter, James, and John ruled out twelve disciples, three, we've got nine disciples remaining. If we had to name those nine disciples before we could go to lunch, yeah, we might be in trouble. I mean, we're just glad that Joey and Norton are in the room. Maybe they can bail us out. I mean, there, was there a Thaddeus or Nathaniel? Or, one of them went by two names. And, and there Judas, Judas, we'd get that one. And the unfortunately nicknamed James the Less. Really? You couldn't come up? Just call him Jim something? No. James the Less. Oh, you're James, the follower of Jesus. Oh, you're not the good James. You're James the Less. So James the Less and and whoever the other guys were, Philip and, and of course Paul. You know, the other. Thank you for catching that. They're standing around and and they're arguing. And this man comes to them and he has an overwhelming need and they're involved in some kind of debate and they really can't help out. And so this is going on. They're standing there and, and the crowd of people, they look up and they see Jesus. And when they saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed. And the Bible says they ran to greet Him. I'm getting away from these argumentative followers of Jesus. I'm going to find the real thing. I'm going, I'm going to Jesus. And Jesus walks up and, and He sees all these people and He says, what are you arguing with them about? Now, this is just an aside, not really related to today's sermon. This is just free. There's no good answer to that question. Okay? If Jesus says, What are you arguing with them about? There's no good way to respond to that. The Bible over and over and over again condemns arguing and calls it a sin. And just because someone invites you to the argument doesn't mean you have to show up, all right? So, what are you arguing with them about? Jesus (laughs) asks. They don't answer. Because they know, they know they've been caught. But a man in the crowd answered, verse 17, uh, I'll answer, Teacher, I brought you my son who's possessed by a spirit that's robbed him of speech. And when it seizes him, it throws him to the ground, he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Oh, unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Sir, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that your son is so sick. I'm sorry that you're hurting so much that you're so afflicted. And in kindness, Jesus turns to this man and says, Bring the boy to me. In harshness, he looks at the disciples and says, you unbelieving generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long am I going to put up with you? This man came to Jesus because... Well, he would have said he came to Jesus because his son was hurting. His son was sick. His son son has this disease, and, and to us it presents as epilepsy. It was demon possession in their culture, and whatever was going on here, it was terrible. And the son had had this problem, and it had, had this problem for some time. And if your child has a problem, you have a problem. And in some ways, you have an even bigger problem. Because you understand how this problem is going to impact the rest of their lives Far before they do. And so we had a man whose son was afflicted with a physical problem and the the father who was inflicted with the broken heart that a father has when his son is as sick as this this boy was. We often come to Jesus with afflictions, with problems, with struggles. With things in our life we don't understand. With things in our life we want changed. And each one of us today has something today that we need to bring to Jesus. Bring the boy to me. Jesus said, come, all you who have afflictions, come. Those of you who are weary, those of you who are tired of fighting the same fight again, those of you who don't know what tomorrow holds, come. Bring the boy to me. This great next sentence should not be taken for granted. So they brought him. They actually came to Jesus with the boy. They didn't hold on to their problems. They came and they knelt and they, and they gave their struggles to Jesus. And when the spirit, the spirit, the evil spirit that was in the boy, when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground. He rolled around foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? Oh, from childhood he answered. It's often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. And you know we don't have a full transcript here of everything that went on. I mean, this book would just be too big if we had the full story of everything uh, that went on. But, but what we see here is the, the man actually brings it. When, when this man says, I had a problem. I brought him to your disciples. They couldn't, they couldn't cast the demon out. And Jesus said, bring the boy to me. And the man goes and he gets his son and he brings him to Jesus. And the son does what the son so often does. He ends up on the ground and he's in physical pain and he's suffering and he's hurting. And Jesus, the compassion in that center, center sentence, Jesus asked the boy's father. He asked a question. Tell me, how long? It's not so much how long has he been like this, but how long have you carried this burden of watching your child suffer? How long has he been like this? And the man starts talking. Again, this is not a full transcript, but he's telling stories. It's like he says, oh, we had this family reunion one time. We had this big campfire and we were together. And, and we looked up and it's like, where is he? And we can't find him. And, and then, you know, he's running into the fire. And I went after him. My brother-in-law got there before. It's, Do you know my brother-in-law? And, and they're just chatting while the boy's on the ground, all right? This is weird. <laughs> this is just a strange situation. But the man has seen his son like this countless times. And Jesus knows what's about to happen, and He knows that this boy who appears to be in trouble is about to not be in trouble with this affliction anymore, because out of the kindness of His heart, Jesus is going to take care of this issue. Well, another time the dad says we were down by the lake and we looked, and you know the demon was throwing him in the lake, and they're just chatting. This is going on. This evidently took a few minutes because the Bible then says. Oh, from childhood he's been like this. He's thrown fire in fire and the water. But the, boy, the man then says, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes immediately. The boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Jesus, if you can do anything, and Jesus, it, me... Not, you came to me. I mean, why did the man bring the boy to Jesus? Because Jesus had a reputation, and the reputation was he could go to those who were afflicted and he could lift their burdens and solve their problems. He was healing blind people, he was doing amazing things. And the man stepped out in faith, and first he encountered the Jesus people. And sometimes it's hard to get. To Jesus because of the Jesus people. And I hope that's not been your experience, but if you've been in many churches many times, you've had times where you have trouble getting to Jesus because the Jesus people are acting in such a way that you just can't find the loving kind Savior that you've told to exist because His people are a barrier. I hope that's not been your case. If it has been, we're glad you're here today. We're glad you're still seeking. And we're glad that you didn't give up on Jesus because His people failed you. So they're standing there, and the man says, if you can do anything... I mean, it's obvious what he wants. He wants his boy to be completely healed. He wants his boy to be whole. He wants his boy to be normal. He wants his boy to be healthy. And that's what he wants Jesus to do. And Jesus may do that. And he does in this case. But he doesn't always do that. He works in a lot of different ways in our lives. And we need to receive whatever he gives us. Remember the time the Apostle Paul... He just described it as a thorn in his side. He had a struggle. He had a problem. And he took his problem to God and he asked God to solve his problem by healing him. And God said, no, I'm not going to solve it by healing you. I'm going to solve it by giving you strength to deal with the afflictions in your life. He was kind to Paul because He gave him strength to deal with the afflictions. If you can do anything, and sometimes He gives us what we want, Sometimes He doesn't. You can say to people, well, have you taken your problems to Jesus? And and, and honestly, we don't normally take our problems to Jesus. We take our solutions to Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, I've got this problem at work, and here's the person I need you to kill. <laughs> Deal with. Sorry. Truth slipped out. and. We we have all these issues and, and we don't just say, God, here's my problem, and if you want to solve it by giving me strength to deal with it, then do that. We just barge right in and we tell Him what He has to do. And if He doesn't do exactly what we say, we walk away from Him and say, He didn't hear and answer my prayer, but He did hear. And He did answer your prayer. Sometimes He just answers our prayers in different ways. I had a guy years ago in my church. His name was Jack Ferguson. Jack was just this wonderful man. And and Jack had a granddaughter who went to a a nearby church. And he told me one day, his granddaughter was five, and he said that they'd made a a big mistake at his granddaughter's church. They they had their their Sunday school class and the granddaughter was there. And the teachers asked this little girl to lead the prayer. (laughs) And she starts praying. And praying, and praying... (laughs) Pray, and you know you teach children in, in prayer. You know, okay, bow your hands and close your eyes, boys and girls. Well, this prayer had gone on so long, the teachers were peeking. It was like, what? Are we, they're looking at each other and going, do we stop her? I mean, can you just stop a prayer in church? Is, is how is this bad? And, and the little girl's just praying and praying. She's just laying all the stuff out before God and going on and on and on. And like many of us, when she. Pray. she was getting so focused on her problems instead of the God in whose presence she, she stood that she was getting angry and frustrated with all the things that she needed to pray about. And at about the time the teachers were just about to say, okay, amen, and end her prayer for her, she ended the prayer, but she ended it this way. In her frustrations at the end of her prayer, this little five-year-old said, oh, God, just do whatever you want to, Amen. And that was the end of the prayer. It's a pretty good prayer. Uh, Cast all your cares upon Him because He cares for you. So she had done that. And then she just ended it. Oh God, do whatever you want. You've heard that prayer before. You're familiar with it. It's one of the most famous prayers in the Bible. It's when the man was having to go down a road he didn't want to travel. And on his knees he prayed all night. And he said, God, if there's any other way, if there's any other path, if there's any other way to do this, let's go that road. Don't make me travel this. But he ends it, just like that little girl. He says, but not my will, but thine be done. And Jesus, at the end of his prayer, just said, God, do whatever you want. And when we bring our problems to Jesus, we need to have the kind of faith that this man had where he said, if you can do anything. God, I'm bringing you my problem and here's the solution that I want. but, But you do what you think is right. Because sometimes God heals and sometimes He doesn't. We like it when He does and He does here. So let's jump back into this story and end with the victory. So, At this point, Jesus looks up and a crowd has gathered. When Jesus saw that the crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf, dumb spirit, he said, I command you come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. (laughs) In every group, there's that encourager, isn't there? Whatever you do, like, they killed him. Great. What kind of savior is it? I don't know. They still exist today. We call them committees in churches. (laughs) But Jesus, he just looks over, he takes him by the hand, and he lifts him to his feet. And the boy stood up. And the kindness of Jesus solved the problem of the boy and the dad and it's a great story a couple of things we need to remember from this story one is this we need to be the kind of Jesus people that get people to Jesus not the kind of people that keep people from finding Jesus less argumentative and, and more prayerful and more helpful and more kind and more loving and more generous because there are a lot of people carrying a lot of burdens and a lot of problems and they need us to help them and sometimes the help that we need to give them is to take them into the presence of Jesus years ago I was I was working at a nonprofit and we provided a, a lot of services and it was toward the end of the day and I actually was, was down where the clients were and there was a young man and, and one of our volunteers brought the young man to me and they, and they said, uh, this guy needs shoes. We didn't do clothing at this nonprofit, and Just these concerns for him. And it was the end of the day and I, it hit that lull. Sometimes you hit at the end of the day when you actually checked off everything on your things to-do list. And it's like, I'll just see what comes up. And I went down and, and this problem came up. And I then violated every rule of that nonprofit when I looked at this kid and said, come on, get in my car. I'll, I'll take you and we'll find shoes. <laughs> and so we get in the car and I'm driving east on Front Street in Tyler, Texas. I'll, I'll tell you why I remember that in a minute. I'm driving down the road and I say to this kid, what happened to your shoes? And he said, Somebody stole them from me when I was leaving prison. I said, When did you get out of prison? Now, the answer you want at that point, if the person's sitting right next to you and it's just the two of you in your car, you want to hear like 15 years ago, and you know, here's what you don't want to have happen. I said, When did you get out of prison? He looks at his watch. He'd been out two or three hours. And I thought, I've always wondered where I was going to be when I died. And I now know I'm going to be driving east on Front Street in Tyler, Texas. Well, I've had a good life. I don't want you. To get, he didn't kill me. I don't want you to worry about that when I finish the story. So we go looking for shoes. He also needed a Dr. Pepper because he'd craved a Dr. Pepper. And if you crave a Dr. Pepper, you need a Dr. Pepper. And if you're in a prison that doesn't have Dr. Peppers, you don't get a Dr. Pepper. So he wanted to go to Sonic on the far west side of town. And from there he said, I'm going to walk to my aunt's house. And I said, why are you going to your aunt's house? He said, every day when I was in prison, my aunt prayed for me. He said, the only way I got through these last five years was because of her prayer. And I want to go see her. She brought the boy to Jesus every single day. And he knew that every day she was lifting him up into the presence of the one who could give him the strength to get through what he had to get she was the kindness of Jesus in his life and so when he got his freedom guess who he wanted to go see we need to be the kind of person in our family in our church in our friend group at our office where when people need to be taken into the presence of the living God, they know they can come to us. Or when they've got a struggle or a problem, they know they can share it with us. Or they've got a burden that's become too heavy for them to carry. They can bring it to us. And we can get them to the one who can meet their needs. I was looking for you, Jesus, and I found your people. And they couldn't do it. We need to be, as individuals, the kind of people that take people in the presence of Jesus. And as a church family, we need to be the kind of gathering, the kind of corporate body where people know when they're with us that they're in the presence of Jesus. One of my best friends is named Jerry. Jerry used to host a Bible study at his house on Monday nights for teenagers. And all these kids would come to his house and, and they'd, they'd study together and then they'd all go home. So Jerry was surprised one Tuesday night, not Monday night, but Tuesday night, when his doorbell rang and he opened it and there stood this 8th grade boy. Like, here for Bible study. And Jerry's thinking, I don't know how to break this to you. <laughs> this is going to be embarrassing. So he let the kid in and they sit down and they start talking. And this kid kid says, "Uh, Jerry, my parents just told me they're getting a divorce. And I'm scared. He said, I don't know if I'm going to end up with my mom or my dad. Am I going to have to change schools? Will I lose all my friends? Then he said, are we going to have enough money? Am I going to be okay? He was scared. And Jerry talks to him some more, all the time thinking, how do I tell him that his friends aren't about to show up and he's here on the wrong night? And finally Jerry said, you know Bible study was last night. And the kid looked like Jerry, like he's not real bright. And he said, of course, I know Bible study was last night. Why do you think I'm here at this point? Sometimes as adults, you just have to tell the truth to kids. And Jerry just looked at him and he said, I don't know why you're here. And the kid said, Jerry, the only place I've ever felt like I was in the presence of God is when I've been in your living room. And I need God tonight. He didn't come to Jerry because Jerry had answers. He came to the only place where he'd ever encountered the spirit of the living God. And that was in Jerry's living room. whether people encounter the Spirit of God through a greeting in the parking lot, a conversation in the hallway, a message, a song, a prayer. May they always know that if they just absolutely need to find God, that they can come here and be among us and we will bring the boy to Jesus. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for the kindness that Jesus showed to both this man and his son. Help us to be kind to people, especially to those who have problems, whether the problems come from without or they're self-inflicted. Help us to be kind to everyone who needs kindness, like Jesus was. In his name we pray, amen.